You're listening to Partnernomics Podcast, where we discuss the art and science of developing successful strategic partnerships. To learn more about the suite of Partnernomics solutions, visit Partnernomics.com. Welcome to the Partnernomics Podcast. Today, we are joined by Mr. Patrick McGalliard. Patrick, thanks for your time. Thanks for uh, joining us. Hey, thanks, Mark. Good morning. And uh, a pleasure as always. Always fun to sit and uh, talk shop. So Patrick and I, we actually had the opportunity to, to work together and uh, we've collaborated, man, for a number of years. We, uh, we won't talk about how many years, but uh, I've always enjoyed getting Patrick's uh, insights whenever you know, we were writing Partnernomics or putting together a lot of our content. Uh, Patrick was one of the guys that, that we roped in to, uh, to get his take on the, the content, to share some of his stories. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's my pleasure. And I would say... You know, for me, over the last, it's been interesting because I think over really the last 10 to 15 years, which spans most of my time doing partnerships, um, I've seen things just evolve like crazy. And I think especially as technology evolves and you get all of these cra crazy lumiscapes out there for all these different industries, uh, it's easy to get lost when you're trying to do it on your own. So I, I've actually, um, I've, I've found a, a niche for myself in, in partnerships and business development and always really happy to talk about it. Very passionate about, this, about, about the whole topic. Awesome. I appreciate it. Well, so Patrick, I want you to kind of, if you would, tell us, kind of take us back to day one. How did Patrick get into BizDev? And obviously you love it. You spent, uh, you know, two, two plus decades in this uh, specialization. But how did you get, uh, how did you get into BizDev? And then kind of give us uh, an overview of your career. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so great question. So, um, like everything, it had nothing to do with my plans and was was almost an accident. Um, so, going back when I started my career, uh, I was hardcore finance and accounting. I actually had an accounting undergrad degree, had an MBA in finance and management, and I was on the track where I was going to be a CFO. And went to work for a major corporation and spent about six or seven years really being groomed. I was in a finance management development program that was rotational. And, you know, it's, it was one of those deals where over three years, you have three or four different rotations in different parts of finance. So I was in corporate audit. I was in uh, international mergers and acquisitions where we were just buying companies. And as I went through that process, it's interesting. I did a three-year run through that, graduated from the program, rolled out into a finance job, and that finance job was actually supporting a group that was a series of seven or eight incubated businesses. And so um, I began to work side by side with a lot of the types of people who were responsible for setting up new businesses, uh, trying to figure out how to grow new revenue streams, and then ultimately through the support of that team, I got involved in the deals. And the, the deeper I went into that, the more I realized that it wasn't as much for me the Excel spreadsheet and accounting. It was really the art of the deal. It was all the different moving components. Um, the fact that you had to, had to be exposed to operations, marketing, sales, the financials, and you still had to do it with Couth uh, and, and figure out a, a way to, to partner. And so I had that interest. And then uh, at, this, at the same company, there was an opportunity to, to go start really a BD team. 
and and I was one of six or seven folks who were brought over uh, by the same VP who headed this incubator group. Uh, he tagged me and said, I, you, you need to come over, uh, leave the dark side of, of finance and come over and do these partnerships because we're going to be standing up another six or seven businesses. So I, I was truly, truly lucky uh, from the get-go to, to be able to be in a, in a finance role that actually supported this type of thing enough to be exposed to it. That's awesome, man. Uh, for some people, I, mean, I guess it depends on if, uh, if it's kind of your gig or not. Some people just have that entrepreneurial kind of fire and desire to, to jump in and to create something from nothing. Yes, maybe it's not for all people, but man, if you've got the bug, you've got the bug. <laughs> yeah, to totally true. And, and for me, and so that was, um, just by way of background, that was at Sprint. Uh, was was the first role where where we did that, and you know, for me, the the biggest evolution. So I stepped into that business development role, and you know, when you start in BD or partnerships, and you don't really know what that means, it was really simple. I mean, I, I stepped into a situation where this is going back to the Stone Ages of mobile uh, for all the kids out there. I mean, this was you know, before iOS existed, this was before Android existed, and this was back in a world when, you know, there were flip phones and black and white screens, and we were tasked with, again, the group of seven of us, we were tasked with um, trying to create reasons for customers to use their wireless phones for more than just talking. And so if you think about how crazy and how cool that is now looking back 20 years later, so my first initiative as an example was to help establish a games business uh, and to help establish media and entertainment content deals. And so this was starting from scratch. So it was, uh, it was absolutely the right place at the right time because over a really a, a three to five year period there where we stood up all these services, I got to experience all the different industries that were going mobile back in the day. And again, just as background, remember back then, um, all if, if you had content or you had a service and you wanted that on a mobile device, you actually worked through the carriers. And so we were in that role of trying to partner first with the games companies. Um, tons of crazy stories about folks like EA and you know them not taking mobile as a serious platform. We got to live through that. We got to work with what was referred to then as the portals. So this was Yahoo and, and Microsoft, uh, MSN back in the day, uh, then Google as they stood up. Then it evolved into the music space. And so as uh, ringtones uh, started, and this wasn't even necessarily the high quality, but just even the low quality, had to work with the music labels and all of the different rights entities that were there to, to figure out how to create a ringtone on a phone. Um, and it gradually evolved into everything. We worked with the sports leagues as they went mobile. We built the NFL mobile app, so it was involved in that negotiation as well. And again, these are all, at the time, they're first of their kind deals and greenfield uh, enterprises. So it was it was just a fascinating way to get into BD. And I think that variety, the fact that over three to five years, I was able to have that much variety in what I was exposed to, business models, industries, biases that, that folks had where we had the leverage and other situations where the other party had the leverage because they were the bigger brand. Um, it was a is an indoctrination to partnerships by fire, for sure. It was so interesting. Uh, so mobile video, right? It kind of evolved into, okay, so we now finally have enough bandwidth where we're going to be pushing some mobile video over. And then that's when you and I 
um, had connected back in those days. But uh, yeah, that's one of the things that I love about the, the BD space as well is the variety. I mean, one day you're looking at pricing strategies and then you're talking to legal and then you're writing and reading uh, contracts and then it's finance, putting, putting together the, the deal. You're looking at product. How's the product going to, to evolve or move? How is this partner going to help you? There is so much variety, I think, uh, for maybe, I, don't know, I think I've got the ADD thing going, but uh, maybe for people with that type of a mindset, it suits them well. And uh, it seems that people, if they love BD, they love BD. That's where they stay. Yeah, for sure. And, and I agree with that. And I think, you know, it's interesting because, again, I had all this finance background and, you know, I had that path and uh, thought that was literally all I was going to do. And then the deeper I got into BD, I think the more I really enjoyed that. And, you know, I always tell even my folks today on my team 20 years later, like the, the, the biggest thing when you're doing business development is I call it living in the squishy. And, and by that, I mean, um, no two deals are the same. Uh, no two uh, product conversations end the same way with a, with a different partner. You're going to have different variables in each. And so, you know, I, I think about it. And again, I, I go back and I, I just candidly, I was grossly unqualified, you know, when I started and when the first manager said, hey, Patrick, go out and do these deals and, you know, I want to figure out eight deals with eight games providers, go figure out the space. And, you know, literally I'm running out to get a PlayStation or an Xbox and trying to figure out who all the game publishers are. But that's the enjoying, the, the enjoyable part. Um, here's, the, here's the other thing, Mark, that I think is always important in terms of partnerships in BD. Um, I, I think to be successful, I always say you, you have to be a jack of all trades, a master of none. And I say that as a compliment to our trade, not as a put down in that I think you have to be well-rounded. And I think, uh, I, I think if you look at just the BD role, whether it's at a very small startup or whether you're in a situation where I am today, where uh, I am, I'm actually running a divisions business development for IBM, uh, for IBM Watson, irregardless of which, end of the spectrum you fall in, I think the important element is you have to be flexible, you have to have a nose for value, you have to understand the partner perspective. Um, you can't just be a salesperson, you can't just be a marketer, you can't just be finance, uh, you can't just be an ops person, and so and you can't just be strategy. And so um, it, it really does require, I, I think business development's a really tough role to step right out of school and do. I think you have to have a foundation in one area and, and there's no bias. It could be a foundation in sales. It could be a foundation in finance like I had or in marketing or product. But I think it's the broader view and the skill set where I see business development executives really being, being successful and staying with it for a long time. So Patrick, I know you've worked with some startups You've worked with some, with some big Fortune 50s, Fortune 100s. What company is a good fit for BizDev? Or is there such a thing as a, as a how, how can organizations decide if, if they can utilize the BizDev function? Yeah, so, I mean, great question. And, and I think the, the answer is always is it depends. Um, it depends on the situation and the goals. The, the, the one element I would say to companies or leaders who are thinking of establishing, you know, partnerships team or business development team up front is to be clear on the goals for business development and what you want to accomplish. So back to your question, just in terms of, hey, what type of company? 
Um, it can be any, but I think you have to have clear goals and expectations because you can misalign those goals and throw something at, at BD. Uh, and BD could really, in, in how you're setting it up, really be a sales team, as an example. And that's something that I see and I've seen more and more and more. And anybody who checks out a job board anywhere in the world and just does a search on business development jobs, we'll see what I mean. If you read through them, I think probably six out of 10 aren't what I would consider true BD. They're, they might be more salesy with a business development title. But, but if you go back and you think about uh, a company trying to establish something from scratch, perfect for BD. So I've consulted with some startups where, you know, they're trying to figure out, hey, should we hire, you know, I've got I've got $500,000 of seed money and I've got to hire staff and make it happen. Should I throw that money at sales, throw that money at business development? And in every instance, when I sit down, I said, look, like it depends on your goal and the maturity of your product and how sure you are about the success of what you're doing. Some of that's a representative of where they are in, in the, in the curve of their life cycle. But if, if they're testing hypothesis of, is this the right market for us? BD is perfect. If they've already done that and they already have feedback and they already have a specific vertical or channel and they already have a product and there's off the shelf, then you know what? BD is probably not the right fit. Just hire the salespeople if you've done that. Although I'm, I'm still biased to keeping BD alongside that because some someday eventually that's going to evolve or go away that first sales opportunity. And then on the larger company side, um, I think it's the same thing. I think if you set up your business development team with proper goals and lanes and have the executive support, uh, which is vitally, vitally important for the success of a BD organization, I think absolutely BD can exist. And I, I see that at IBM, right, uh, in my role right now, in that, um, you know, we're, IBM is a, is a company of, of, you know, between three and 400,000 employees. But within my division, which is about, we'll say about 2,000 people or so, our group um, exists in a, in a vacuum. We don't report in through any organization. We actually report directly to the head executive of the business unit. And that's critical because in order for us to be successful, I can't be looking at a new, new line of business, new revenue streams, a new partnership, and be beholden to, let's say, a, a quarterly sales quota or be beholden to, let's say, a product team who has a whole different series of goals. I have to take that enterprise view. And, and when we set these things up at companies large or smaller in the middle, um, I think the other thing that, that is a worthy conversation when you're doing this is about how you, how you line up those goals and whether it's revenue focused, whether it's number of deals focused, whether it's more strategy focused of figuring out the right channel when you're trying to choose from 10 different potential areas, um, defining that up front and, and then setting that goal for the BD team makes it a good experience. And, and then the, the flip side of that is with, when that doesn't exist, when there's ambiguity, when there's lack of support from the top, and I, I think we've all seen or been in, involved in those situations, um, you, just, you just see a struggle to be able to, to try and determine what success looks like for BD. Yeah, I think uh, it seems, of the conversations that I've had when BD teams have, have gone south, have not worked, and uh, you know the executives are uh, you know pretty sorry that they went down that path, almost inevitably it's because BD was seen as a subcomponent of a sales team, and they were treated like a sales team. 
and they they were they were managed like a sales team and it just from from my humble perspective it's that the executives don't understand the bd function and and how it's different than sales and and how it needs to be treated very different from sales we actually have uh other topics and podcasts that, that touch on that uh, very specifically but patrick i want to ask you i know you've led a lot of different teams hired a lot of folks into the biz dev role but what are some of the key uh, skills, I guess. You know, what's what is what are some of the things that <clears throat> that you look for whenever you hire and bring people onto your uh, BD teams? Yeah, so I, I mean, I think there are elements of it that we've hit on, but but I think ultimately, when I'm when I'm looking, and this could be in the middle of a formal hiring process, or this could just be in the midst of working internally and externally, and always you know having that antenna for hey, that that gal would be really good for BD. The things I'm looking for, first and foremost you have to be uh, a good communicator. And, and the reason being is it's extremely critical um, that by good communicator, I mean both internally and externally. So internally, in a lot of situations, business development, you have to advocate. You have to go to a, a series of, you know, let's say three to 10 different organizations internally and, and really be the cat herder in the middle to bring everybody together around a partnership or an opportunity that you're doing with a third party. And you have to have an, enough savvy and couth in doing that uh, to recognize that, hey, those individual groups have their own specific goals and what you're working on right now, which may be for 12 months out, may not even be on their radar. And they're already working like crazy during the week and you have to figure out, figure out a good way to do that and be a good internal partner. And then I think externally, it's super important because, you know, again, you are the face of whatever company you're representing to that company. And, and because, uh, and I'll pick on sales, uh, I've done sales, I, I, it's, it's nothing against sales, it's just a different, uh, it's a different discipline. But if I'm a salesperson and I'm talking to a third party, I can be very transactional. I can be very focused on, hey, I've got this thing. I'm trying to get you to sell it. We both know what the thing is. Maybe we're just going to argue over price. Maybe I'm going to take you out for a round of golf for dinner, and we're going to go have some wine, and we'll figure it out. Um, business development is, is much more about listening, and that's the other side of communication, especially uh, externally. It's trying to figure out, okay, what is important to that partner, and then how do I communicate that our perspective as the partnering company, what's important to us, and do so in a manner, and it's really, it's cliche to say that it's a win-win, but that's what our jobs are all about. I always say it's the one plus one equals three in BD, and by that I really mean it's not about uh, selling a widget or selling a service uh, that already exists. In most instances, it's about you're either selling something that is brand new and trying to figure out the right channel or the right business model, or you know, does it need tweaked based on the market? Um, those conversations you have to have with a partner, and you have to listen and be able to communicate. And then I think the other, the far and away the most important skill set on the communication line is then coming back to uh, to your home base, to that company, to that executive sponsor, to the business, and saying, "Listen, we've been out. We've talked to fifteen different." Uh, leaders in this space and here's what we're hearing and here's what we're seeing and this is why I think we should change what we're doing this is why I think we should double down what we're doing or this is why I think we should absolutely scrap it and do something else and you have to be able to communicate that so the long-winded way of saying communication is important uh, the the other elements 
I, I think it's super uh, critical that you do have uh, exposure to a lot of different elements functionally to the business. I think it can be very helpful to have domain expertise in a certain vertical, um, depends on the job. Um, but more than anything, I think it, it goes back to having, having to be comfortable with the unknown because things aren't charted out. It's, it's a very interesting scenario. When we, when we sit down and look at our annual goals, a lot of times we don't know what we're going to be working on that year. Sometimes I don't even know a quarter out what my workload's going to look like because things evolve and you influence that based on conversations. So the flexibility piece, and I think the flip side of that is I've seen people who, who get really un uncomfortable and squeamish when they step into a new BD role and there's that, hey, we're, we'll figure it out as we evolve conversations and this look of panic just goes over their face like, well, what, do you, what do you mean we'll figure it out, right? And you have to be, you have to be strong uh, in that confidence with yourself. And I think the, the very, very last thing is honestly, you have to have no ego. And, and, and that's because in a lot of instances, BD and partnerships, we work in the shadows, even though we are ironically the face of the company to the partner that we're working with internally in a lot of instances, at least in most in my career, there's a handoff, right? And there's a handoff and there's a you know, head of product or an executive who's going to go out and be on stage and announce the deal and, you know, be in the wall street journal and, you have, to, you have to be comfortable that we work best in that background. And I think there are exceptions to that. But for the most part, that's the ilk of the people that I'm looking for who just want to do the right thing, get the partnership established, make the business grow, and then move on to the next thing. Yeah, that's awesome. So, Patrick, obviously you've had a, a very successful career, done a lot of industry and probably even global firsts. Uh, those types of deals from some of the companies that you work for. I want to ask you, who are some people that have been influential in your career uh, that maybe mentored you up? And then maybe what's, what's also some advice that some of those folks have given you that stuck with you over the years? Yeah, so um, I, I would go back to, ironically, my first boss out of, out of school, you know, out of college. And I was in a, uh, I was in a group where, uh, again, back to my finance days, and I showed up for day one of my job, and it was it was find your computer, find your desk, get your office, that kind of thing. And I'll never forget my first boss sat me down, and you know, he said, "Hey, Patrick, we're gonna we're gonna line things out for you. Here's you know, we'll go through all the different things you're gonna do and all the tactical day to day. We'll get to that, but I want to tell you up front that my job as your manager is to help you develop." And really, in a, in a good way, I want to know from day one, here as you start in my group, uh, what you want to do next and how I can help prepare you for that. And so and he, and he said, that's, that's my view. And, and the, other, you know, the other element of that is you have to be thinking all the time about your career and how it evolves. And again, uh, I, I think a, a plan doesn't necessarily always come to fruition, but I think at least directionally, knowing the types of things you want to do helps set you up for that. So, so that was, he was, it was influential. It was quite literally my first day uh, in the real world and hearing that. And that's, that's a piece of advice that I've, I've always kept. And as I've had some fairly large teams and, you know, gotten some seniority through the years, like I go back and, uh, I, and I, I, steal that, uh, I steal that advice you know, from him. And I do that with my employees. And I think it also, it just establishes trust, right? It, it's, you know, I know you're going to stay here and you're going to do great work. And maybe you're going to stay in my team for 10 years. Maybe you're only going to stay for 18 months. 
but I can make sure that as we're, as we're spending our time together, that I'm developing you and giving you projects and initiatives that at least fit with your interests and goals, and then also match up with your skill set. So, you know, I think that's the, that was my experience. And, and then therefore, if you're, you know, if you're coming into either the workforce or, or you know, BD, I, I think the, I think the elements of advice I'd give are, you know, one, be flexible. But I think the second piece is directionally understand what you're good at, what are your strengths? Um, and, and how can you build around those? And, you know, here's, here's the other interesting thing about teams I actually like, you know, and I've got, I've got, I've got a fairly small team right now of directs. I've got about five uh, employees who are direct reports and in each of them I always try and focus on like, what is their area of expertise? Yes, everybody's a good athlete because we're a, we're a pretty mature business development team, but you know, I've got one guy who really loves the advertising space, right? I've got another guy who has a lot of product experience. I've got another guy who knows everybody in the industry for media and and likes to get out and talk to folks and just understanding that everybody is a go-to person for something even though you're that jack of all trades um, make yourself an expert in one thing functionally or one thing in a domain and and you'll always be that resource even if you're not defined by exactly that that's my advice find that passion find that interest find that thing you're good at and keep that in every role that you possibly can and that will change over time and that's okay that's awesome patrick that sounds like some some excellent advice well uh that wraps it up for this episode of partneronomics podcast patrick i'm looking forward to to dragging you into some additional podcasts so we could pull some of your insights and share those with the listeners all right hey thanks a lot mark appreciate the time look forward to the next chat partneronomics podcast is brought to you by partneronomics learn how to leverage the power of partnership to listen to more episodes of Partnernomics Podcast, visit Partnernomics.com.